Alrighty, so if you haven't met me, my name is Craig, I'm married to Colette, and it's a real privilege to be here. Man, uh, Munich in November was great. Who would have thought that just six months later, God would do this? And who knows what happens in the future? Um, really excited to see what God's doing with us and in this continent. So Colette and I have, uh, uh, we lead a church in Pretoria, South Africa. It's the second church that we lead. Both churches we've transitioned, the planter planted, and then we were the second generation of leadership. A number of years ago, uh, we were at a team meeting, and I was having supper with Tyron Daniel, who leads the team, and he'd been um, really challenging us quite robustly, quite strongly around church planting as a team, saying those that have experience need to go again, and are just trying to revive the keenness to see men and women plant churches. And so he said to me over supper, he said, so Craig, when are you going to plant? I said, hey man, I'm a transition guy. What you're talking about doesn't apply to me. I just want, and he said, yeah, but if those that have planted go and plant again, who will take over from them? And this afternoon, as we look at the topic of church planting, I don't want you to think, hey, I'm not a planter. This doesn't apply to me. This applies to all of us. Mark said earlier that metamorphosis is a Christian thing. It's not a leadership thing. I love this passage in, in Acts, chapter, Acts chapter 8. It says, persecution broke out, and wherever they went, they preached the gospel, and churches were found. And the apostles, for some reason, stuck in Jerusalem, scratched their heads, and they had to send what we would call today team guys. They would have to send translocal ministry to go and do something with all those believers popping up in different places. I know some among you uh, work in one city and live in another, and you have to ask yourself, why is that? Is there a reason that God has got you going back to another location over and over again? There are two churches um, on Vancouver Island in North America they're 70 kilometers apart. There's a number of small towns in between. Right in the middle is, the town, is a town called Duncan. It's the biggest of all of them in between the two. For years, I've been saying to the two churches, for goodness sakes, do something in between. Can't you and you go this way together? It's only 35 minutes. In fact, there's an elder that works there every single day. Perhaps it's just coincidence. I met a young couple in somewhere in Europe. They'd been married a week. It's always cool to see a young married couple. They said to me, man, we can't wait to plant a church. They had to respond, so they did. I want to say to you this afternoon, this applies to all of us. It's not just a leadership thing, it's a Christian thing. Acts says, some among them, those that were scattered, as they went, they just shared the gospel. This is for every one of us. I'd like to introduce you to this incredibly good-looking panel. <laughs> On my left, we have Ray and Moira. Um, they're absolute champions. As long as I have been born again and part of this kind of thing, they've been the guys out there in the front, always blazing away. Uh, they were around from the very beginnings of NCMI, and um, 
They planted and grew an amazing church in South Africa. They handed it over and went to do many other things. And now they've come back. That church has gone multi-site. And they're leading a number of sites and ready to hand those and move on again. I want to say there is no sell-by date to church planting. This couple in between, Hugh and Vanessa from Chicago in America... Mark, when he preached, thanked Alex and Michelle for opening a door to lead a church that was planted by Terry Kruger and Sandy, who are now in the States. That church sent Stephen Debbie to Chicago, the first person born again in what is now Anthem Church in Chicago was Hugh. <laughs> Man, the lengths that the Lord had to go to for you, Hugh. <laughs> Hugh and Vanessa, five years ago, six? Almost six years ago, planted out of Anthem into the same city, planted a new church. Dawa and Yiska on the end. <laughs> They've uh, served faithfully. As elders, um, they've gathered a home group, became a site, and now is a church plant. And you wonder to yourself, why go to the effort? Uh, why not just stay part of home base where it's comfortable and strong? And somehow God has stirred them, brought people together, got people saved, and there's a demand and need to see another lampstand placed in that part of the city. Andre in between and his wife have recently planted a church in Malta. Which, um, I can say many things, but I have to say this. I texted them this morning to say, these are some of the thoughts we'll talk about. And uh, I loved Andre's response. It stirred me. He said, as I've looked at these questions, I'm just so overwhelmed. That God, the lengths that God would go to to save someone like me. Man, we've got to do the same to others. And so Andre and them are, are in Malta on work. Uh, they have to work to keep their visas, otherwise they can't stay in Malta. And uh, so they are very much working and planting uh, at the same time. And so I encourage you to look at these people. They're all different, just like we are. all have different um, stories and scenarios. And Ray, maybe Ray and Moira, we can start with you. Um, I'd like to ask you the question, why should we plant churches? It's great to have people with stories, but why should we plant churches, and should we still plant churches? Well, I think, when, uh, are we on? Yeah. <clears throat> the, the, the reason, I think, is fairly simple, that if we have the heart of Jesus loving people and seeing people going to a lost eternity. And that stirs in our hearts as the reason why we plant churches. John 3.16 is really just being lived out by people who see people lost and going to an eternity and saying, God, please use me. I make myself available. And uh, uh, when that grips us, that's always been the historical reason throughout all the centuries for why Jesus has left us on the planet Earth to actually do that. 
If you heard Tyrant preaching, you'll hear him say over and over again, quoting that passage, the gospel will be preached in all the world and then the end will come. Part of church planting is to speed Jesus' return, right? Dawan Yusko, why would, if the question is why plants, then I want to ask you the question is why leave a great setup? Why leave home base? Yeah, can't think of a reason actually. <laughs> no, um, well, yeah, we, we, we knew the Lord was calling us to plant, so we had to follow that calling. So it wasn't because we didn't like Alex and Michelle or we didn't like uh, our church. We loved it. Uh, actually, um, it's been, well, a step up to, 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 to be able to, to plant a church, actually. So I uh, love them for um, giving us everything we needed to still uh, learn, no, not everything. We, we, still, we, we, we still aren't able to plant a church. Never. That's, that's the difference. The first time we, we, we've planted a church, I thought we were able. And, well, that's something I want to say to, to all of you. Don't Good. ever think you're able to plant a church. Because you're not. Because if you think you're able, then you either uh, think too big of yourself or too small of God. So, yeah. It's beautiful. That's it. Andre, can you share with us the heart of why would we plant churches? Uh, there we go. You know, I think for me, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a Maltese girl in Malta who was saved from a guy in Chicago by a guy she met online on a dating app, Chicago. This guy goes around, meets people on dating apps, and shares the gospel to them. <laughs> from D.L. Moody School. And... Um, <laughs> he flew all the way to Malta just before COVID, flew all the way to Malta, actually in the beginning of COVID, to meet with her to make sure that she is planted in a church that preaches Jesus. And he couldn't find any. Mm. And the time was the same time that we went sort of online and found us, and we met them at the airport. Um, and today she is singing in our worship mm. team. And Come just on. to hear a Maltese girl come from a high, highly Catholic background to worship Jesus with a free heart. I mean, why would you not go and follow Jesus and plant churches? That's so cool. Hmm. Let's hear from the Americans. I'm sure they'll have an opinion on something. <laughs> It must have been incredibly difficult to leave the church here you were born again in, that you'd kind of grown together in, in the Lord. Um, it must have been a kind of a real heart tug. And so what was the thing that 
caused you guys to say, yeah, we will go and start again rather than stay at home? Um, yes, it was very, very difficult. Um, we've gotten so close to Steve and Debs. You know, we're best friends. Our kids were best friends. Uh, we're very subtle. We actually didn't want to go anywhere um, because we were so subtle. Um, but at the same time, as you know, you're sharing, there are people out there who don't know Jesus. Mm. And um, just also to, to add to what you said earlier, statistically speaking, church planting is the most effective way for salvation. Mm. So practically speaking, I mean, not that we want to leave scripture out, but practically speaking, church planting is the most effective way to advance the kingdom. So if we want to advance the kingdom, we have to church plant. Um, so it, it was really, really hard to, to leave because that's one. And number two, um, if I can, uh, we realize that we both have to be called. That is mm. correct. Um, but if I can add another perspective to that is both from a selfish and a selfless standpoint. Selfish as in, I want all that God has for me and for us. The inheritance that God has for me and for us, I want everything, regardless of how difficult, how easy it is. I'm going to go and grab hold of every single thing. And from a selfless standpoint is what uh, Mark shared earlier about the Daniel three generations. Mm. I want my children and the next generation to get everything that I have and pass on to them so they can go further and further along. So, so for, for, for us, that was the calling. You know, God called both of us, but also just we want everything that God has for, for us and for the next generation. And, and as difficult as it was to leave, but we felt there was so much more out there for us to do so. It's beautiful. Do you want to say? In John chapter 6, verse 66, Jesus, um, the crowds that have started to follow him start to desert Jesus. And he turns to the 12 and he says to them, do you not want to leave me too? Do you, do, do you not also want to leave me? Jesus asks the 12 and Simon Peter answers him. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Because you have the words of life. When I was, uh, I studied theology, and I remember a, a leader from another church meeting me, and he said, oh, you're studying theology, are you? He said, can I give you one word of advice? He said, if you can stay out of ministry, stay out. And you might think, wow, thanks a lot. I'm not sure about that answer. As we listen to these guys' stories, I'm hoping, or we're hoping, that something in your heart stirs. And there's something of it, these are the words of life that God has put in me that overrides the comfort of home, that overrides whatever our inferiorities or our uncertainties, and put something in us that says, Jesus, if you point the direction, I'll follow you. And um, so we've spoken about the why of planting, and I hope you can hear. I mean, uh, someone said, if your why is not big enough to make you cry, then you need to ask yourself that question again. I love seeing the sparkly eyes, don't you? This is deep in their hearts. And whether you're to plant or to do many things, the call of God and responding to that is such a rich privilege.
Ray and Moira, forgive me, but you've done this for a little while. What is it that keeps you so passionate about seeing churches planted? I think passion and ministry, whether it's leading a church, planting a church, or living for Jesus, really has one central focus if it's going to be kept alive, and that is daily, deep, personal relationship with Jesus himself. Uh, the more you know him, the more you fellowship with him, the more he puts his life, his love, his heart, his vision, his passion in you. And uh, as we look back in our lives, it's been the daily time with the Lord that has kept the fires burning and kept the vision strong and kept us going on the road. Yeah, it's beautiful. So we've spoken about the why. Perhaps we should ask the question of, so then who? Who? If we're going to plant churches, we, we gripped with this passion to see cities taken, nations reached, churches planted in towns and villages and cities, then we should ask ourselves who. So, Dawa and Yusko, we've only had the men so far, so maybe ladies, whenever you're ready. But um, let me ask you, how did you guys know that the call was for you? So if we're talking about the who, how did you know that you were one of those who were called to plant? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, well, uh, from being very young, I knew God was calling me to uh, work for, for his kingdom. And, well, the same counts for Yiska. And um, in this particular case, um, God has been speaking for a while that we uh, should plant a church. Uh, um, someday uh, a woman called me and, and said she had a dream about uh, a church in our village where we lived uh, at that time already. And uh, she, she was praying in her dream, and she asked, who will uh, take care of uh, the flock here? And she heard a voice say, Timersma. And I didn't know her very well, and she didn't know me very well. So, well, I, I didn't know what to do with that prophecy, so I just put it away. And because I, I thought, well, no, it's, it's not us right now. And... So, so we waited for the timing, but, but that was very clear. And, and later on, a friend of mine who was from uh, the Baptist church, he's never had a dream uh, from God. And he, he was on my um, voicemail, and I didn't have his number. So wow. I thought, well, maybe he will call me back once more. And a year later, he called me back, and he said, well, I'm... I feel like I, uh, I, I need to, to talk to you because I had a dream about churches that were being planted around Utrecht. And God said to me, talk to Dawa about this. So, well, it became clear to, to me that maybe <laughs> he wanted to, yeah, he wanted us to do something. So at that point, we didn't know how, so, so, and that's where 
CCC came in, um, we walked in, and, and, and after that, the how also became clear to us. Wow. So. Wow. Just a follow-up, because Eddie spoke about truth and how we to handle truth. I love that you said you kind of put it to one side and, and evaluated. The two comments are from other people. How did, what was the internal reference? Because we don't just do things that other people tell us God said. So how, what happened on your side? So you had that great kind of word from the Lord, but then what on your side? Um, well, it was different for, for, for both of us because um, I, I was will, willing to go anywhere and, 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 and at any time, but, but it wasn't the right timing for our family at that time and also not for us uh, as, as far as... We, we didn't have any network to, to, to work with. So, um, but I knew in my heart it was true. So, so, so I, I talked about it to Yiska a, a bit, uh, well, a, a bit laughing about it, and, but I knew it was true. Mm. But I didn't know how and when, and, and also Yiska knew that it was true, but we couldn't see yet how. So... Um, yeah, we prayed about it, and um, yeah, we both knew there would be a time, and, and, and we've been fighting uh, over it, because Jeska told me, no, we're not going to do it. Let someone else do it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just help. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just maybe this couple can, can, can plant a church, and, and we'll help. So, um, and, well, after some time, well, you, 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 you read about uh, Moses, I guess. Yeah, C can you tell it? I shall tell another story. It's <laughs> good. Okay, I try this. This is very, I, my English is not so good, but I try. I was praying, we were praying to God, God, will you help us that we hear from people that he say, you have to go, but will you plant it in our hearts? Mm. And that was the pray for also for the process for, for us as a couple. And one day I asked God, really? I want to know, is it your plan? And I, I know, can you give me one more sign from heaven? <laughs> and I was, when I was, and I was crying with God, it was hard. I, I think I, I want to follow you. And that was said, we have to go. And I said, we have to wait, maybe. And I was on my bicycle to go to school, and I saw a woman. And she was, she was seeing me, and she said, hey, Yiska, Yiska, I dream about you. And I said, oh. And she's not believing. And she said, you have another child, and we have four, child, four <laughs> children. So I said, no. <laughs> and she said, yes. And I said, okay. And I I was on the bicycle and I said, God, what, what, what do you want to say to me? And he said, this is the answer. It's a child you, it's, it's like a pregnancy, the church is growing with you and with Dawa and with your family. And now you are expecting and you are growing and growing and I'm, and I'm with you and with the family. Mm. And I said, okay, God, then we do it. And that's... And now we have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> we said, and it's a beautiful baby, and mm. we love the people that God mm. gives us. 
When we started church, can I say? Yeah. When we started church, we say, God, it is your plan, do it. Mm. And the first day we opened the church on a Sunday, there was a woman standing there and she said, now I believe in God and I search for a church. Can I go inside? But I don't know any about churches. Do we have to sing? Do we have to hear? And I say, come on. Mm. I say, thank you, Lord. Wow. So again and again, he sent people, and that's not only the question, also in her heart. God is speaking, and he said, this is what I've given to you. A little present to say, go for it. Mm. It's my church, and follow me. That's beautiful. <clears throat> so we're speaking about the who should plant Vanessa. Did you feel equipped? Did you feel ready? Did you feel adequate to plant, to be one of those who? Uh, no, we did not at all. We still don't feel qualified ever. Um, it would have just been much easier to stay and just keep doing what we were doing. Um, but it is Jesus who qualifies each of us, and we constantly come back to that, and it's... Um, just this place that you have to go to all the time of just remembering that Jesus is the one who qualifies us and makes us um, secure, and we find our security and identity in him. It's one of the biggest battles that we've had to face is just not feeling qualified. So uh, that doesn't disqualify you if you feel unqualified. That's my opinion, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, think of who you were when you were called. Not many wise, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He has an agenda of showing his greatness through our weakness. And um, I would expect if we did a poll, a high percentage of us would feel we're not adequate. And those that feel they are, actually aren't. And it's so that we can rely on God, we can go to Him again and again, like she said, and revel in our weaknesses, Paul said, so that we rely on Him. Um, Andre, similar question to you. Um, I, I'm fuzzy on the details, so forgive me, but as far as I know, you don't have a long church leadership pedigree. You don't have the gold watch of 25 years of faithful service yet. Uh, you are relatively newly saved. Tell us just briefly about your um, kind of church, your role in church pre-Malta, and uh, because we're talking about the who, so who should plant, and uh, if someone had said, a guy like you should plant, would you have said, of course, or maybe not, or what would that response be? But just tell us a little bit of the backstory leading up to Malta. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll give you the short version. It happened at the back of the church. Um, we met in a shed, a big shed in Howick, and went to church to clear my conscience <laughs> every two months, maybe. Two euros. <laughs> To Rand, <laughs> but um, there was a testimony being told, and it was as if it was my life. 
that was playing, playing out there in front. And I was still on the other side. And he was telling him about what God has done in his life mm. and how God has just saved his life, family in his life and given him a new purpose. And yeah, made me come back the next Sunday to hear more. And um, yeah, that Sunday, a guy called Donnie Stein preached and he, uh, he, I don't know what he preached, but at the end, there was an altar call, a response, and I was just overcome with the Holy Spirit and, and stood up, grabbed my wife's hand and walked to the front and gave my life to the Lord. And a guy came up called Peter Dovey, and I've never met him before, he came up and, and he gave me a word and he said, I see you doing, he told it to my wife, I see, I see your husband doing what Donnie Stain did today preaching in front of people, telling them about Jesus, and I brushed it off, because I know me, <laughs> yeah, maybe singing in a pub, it's true, but not <laughs> doing this, and it's amazing to see what God has done, I was just telling Russell there, that I started going from the back to the front, and it was every week, and every, we started moving closer and closer to the front, and eventually, I was singing in the worship team. And I remember the first day when I was turning around and looking at the back just to realize what God can do with you when, mm. you, when you step out and start participating instead of spectating wow. and giving a life to, you know, and, and it was at a connect group, at our, our home group, that a question was asked and I was fired up and so hungry for God. And when they said there were school holidays and we don't have a home group, I was upset because I need, I need, I need this. And so it's a good lesson for everybody who's maybe gone... <laughs> People who are just saved need to know they need to be flooded with Jesus and just be surrounded in everything of Jesus. And the question was asked, what do you think God's plan is for your life? And I don't know how to, I, I, everybody gave their, their thoughts and came to me and I said, I don't know what God's plan is for my life, but I know one thing that myself and my family will follow him, will serve him, whatever it may be. And that night, everything just it was a snowball. Every single thing just happened. Malta came up on the plates, and my wife and I discussed about, um, you know, about moving to Malta and to start a home group, a connect group. And it was just amazing to see how fast God moves when He moves, and to know and just to reassure you that it is from Him. And me saying, God, but I can't do this because I, I don't know anything. I, don't, I just love you, but that's it. And it's, <laughs> it's amazing. God equipped me on along the way, sent people along the way, people phoning me out of the blue, giving me encouragement. I mean, when I landed in Malta, we, I didn't know anybody. A few months later, our house was filled mm. with people. When my wife landed with my kids, they had friends already. It was filled, and God just does this. And yeah, that, that, that verse, Joshua 1, 9, be strong, be courageous. I'll be with you wherever you go. I think that was just for me such a comfort. And so, yes, I'm not qualified and I would not see myself as a church planter because I still don't know what it looks like. And I would, you know, I had the picture of a big church like this or, you know, big there. But yeah, it was in my living room that God took that and grew that. And we didn't force anything because we didn't know what was the next step. And God was just saying, God does the work for us. And he builds his church for us. So we're just the vessels. And I keep thinking back like this morning about that. I don't know what God's plan is for my life, but myself and my family will serve him. Good. Say yes before we know what the question is. So, How many years ago was that? 
Yes. 2017. There we go. Yeah. So for clarity's sake, were you an elder back in SA? No. No. Did you preach every Sunday up front? Never. It's so easy to expect those practiced, professional other people to do the job when maybe you just need God to tell you it's your job. Hugh. Um, Hugh has, uh, he works full-time in the marketplace as well as, you heard, having led the church for so many years. We're talking about the who. And so... Give us, just to help us understand, how on earth do you work, do you lead, do you shepherd, do you have a family? Does working and planting, does working disqualify you? Do you need to not have a job to be a planter, or how does that work? Um, just from the, uh, just a balancing standpoint, I guess um, you got to ask Vanessa <laughs> what she thinks about me balancing <laughs> <laughs> work and church and life, but... Um, I think, like I said earlier, when we're just saying yes to God, He makes a way. Mm. Um, so for my job, um, I'm a, one of the senior executives, but God has always made it easier mm. for me to have flexibility. So once we said yes to planting, I just had incredible flexibility mm. with my jobs. Flexibility from the standpoint that I didn't think that I could have. That's what I'm doing now. So I can actually spend more time preparing. There are weeks, and I may feel guilty, but I don't. There are weeks when I spend more time preparing for church than I actually spend time with my job. So, so to, to talk about balancing between work and church, I think uh, I, I, all I can say is God made a way as possible. He made it easier for me to have to pick between the two. Mm. Um, and, and also with, with us doing churches, for us, I, I'll speak to just us, we love to do things together. Mm. So Vanessa leads worship. Mm. She, you know, I can pretty much hand off the worship part with Vanessa. She's classically trained. She's great. She knows what's going on. She led worship for a long time, uh, church in the city. So so for us to be able to do that together and make decisions together and talk together, so it doesn't seem like I have to balance, make time for one or the other, because now our lives just beginning to look more like one, more togetherness. Before, well, even before I had to spend time at work, she's at home, we're not able to talk about it. Um, whereas, so I don't know if that really answered your question. I just felt like as we step into the things that God called us to do, it looked different for us, but he made things easier, if I can use that term. And I still get promoted while I was spending less time with work. So I want to encourage you guys. If you want to make money, go plan. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's what Vanessa was saying. No, we have to work as a team. We have to work as yeah. a team. And that's something we really learned through that, even though it's been hard. And of course, ideally, we don't want to um, be doing all of those things. Um, work and church, and we'd love to dedicate more time to church. We're just waiting on God for that, and we trust that he'll speak to us, but we had to work together, and that was, that was a good part about it. Mm, that's so good. If you've read the story of um, 
Joseph, wherever he went, in the jail, in Potiphar's house, really working a job, everywhere he was given responsibility, the Bible says they could see that the favor of the Lord was on him. So according to Hugh, if you want to get promoted, you should plant a church. (laughs) The point is, when we follow God, we carry his favor, and even unbelievers notice, whether you're planting, whether you're not. And so we're going to bring this time to a close. I don't know about you, I'm like bursting to pray, but we're going to pray at the end of the session. Uh, So appreciate you guys, your lives, the testimonies. That uh, the examples that you have shared with us this afternoon stirs us all, doesn't it? Stirs us all to say, Jesus, I don't know what you're asking me to do next. Maybe to plant a church, it may be just to smile at my neighbor or anything in between. But Jesus, I want to say yes, even before I hear the question. I want to follow you, Lord, that the gospel can be preached everywhere so that Jesus can return. I'll finish with Acts chapter 8. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. The cool thing about this equip is we've gathered from all over, so many countries, but in just two days we'll be scattered again to the places we live. I trust as we go, we'll take the gospel with us. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Let's give them a round of applause. Testing. Uh, just, uh, that was wonderful. Thanks so much, Craig. Uh, there's just one thing Brad mentioned. I think none of us can go and do this alone. And the story you hear from Andre, he's got backing from back home. He's got the NCMR, some of the NCMR team members regularly go visit. We in Paris have had visitors many times encouraging us, uh, supporting us, friends. It's essential. So I want to just say, if you go plant a church or if you have a heart, you don't get sent and then good luck to you. I think we cannot do this alone. This today would not have happened if it's one man. But it's a whole team of a years of a consistent pouring in, of a consistent love and encouragement. It is essential. So I just want to bring that in, if that's okay, Craig. But well, I did it anyway. But <laughs> but I, I guarantee you, it's a testimony of every single church planter here that we did it together. So no man can get the glory. Jesus gets the glory. But we are so grateful for these friendships. So grateful. It is priceless.